0: <laughs> I guess we don't get uh, uh, any intro music until the last minute, huh? Uh, <laughs> welcome to uh, Outside Shots, presented to you, as always, by the good folks over at OG's. I'm in the middle of Las Vegas, so you can see the the weird-ass curtains behind me. Eddie's uh, back home, so uh, EJ, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, waiting for the boring trade deadline.
0: Tomorrow. Yeah there's already a, a lot of uh things happening uh you know buddy heel getting traded uh this morning to the Philadelphia 76ers uh the Suns we'll we'll wait to see if they make any moves here in the last uh minutes of of the trade deadline as we wait I think it's uh, one o'clock Arizona time is when the trade deadline wraps up so hey listen uh one thing is for certain Uh, Miles Bridges will not be coming to the Phoenix Suns so those of you who were a little uh, anxious about that uh, good or bad uh, that will not be happening because he is uh, told the Charlotte Hornets that he is not going to uh he does not want to get traded and he has the trade restrictions so he has the option to stay or go and that's that so we can put that to bed but there's still other rumors about royce o'neill out there and we'll see if that comes to fruition and i'm sure there's some other things that are being discussed at the last minute as well so you know desperate times call for desperate measures for some teams and i don't know if the suns are really in that position because they're starting to groove uh ej and you know we saw that the other night against the milwaukee bucks
1: yeah look it's Uh, It's not a shock, is it? Um, I think we all talked about once these guys can get some reps and play on a consistent basis, they'll get better. I mean, their history has proven that to us based on what they've done as individuals. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my whole thing was let's get these three on the floor. Let's keep Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen healthy on the floor with them and let these other guys get reps Gain confidence, not only in themselves, but also confidence come from the big three and the coaching staff. That would elevate them even more. Uh, For example, Bo Bo, who sat over there most of the year. I was one of them ones that was like, why aren't we playing him? And lo and behold, you know, you can see the benefit that this young man can have if he's on the floor. So all those things are great. Uh, Still, the turnovers is always going to be an issue. Uh, And it's because obviously we don't have a true point guard in that sense. Yeah. So those guys are going to continue to make sure they're just careful with the basketball. Because if they take care of the ball, most nights they're going to win. And I think that's the key right there.
0: You know, I was talking to uh, Vic Lombardi out, out in Denver. He does a, a local uh, broadcast in Denver, sports uh, sportscast. And, uh, I, you know, we were just kind of chopping it up last night. And he said, you know, there's only one team I'm really worried about it, it right now. And that is the Phoenix Suns. He's like, because I don't think we've seen them at their max potential yet. And they're still working on things. And, you know, it, the, the concern for the Suns is always, you know, the things that they can control really you know as you pointed out the turnovers uh rebounding things of that nature but the other thing is just the chemistry and that takes a little bit of time and I think you know even I you know I'll even admit that I I, at a certain point that I even was just like you know I don't I don't know if this is really going to work this season you know because I I felt like they still needed, you know sometimes when you when you look at the Nuggets they've been together for a while and they got that, you know, they know where everybody's going to be at at any given time. And so there's just kind of this connectedness that they have. And the Suns are still trying to find that. But um, the identity between the big three was also a huge part of that. And I think you're starting to see that now. You know, KD feeling a little bit more comfortable in the system with Book and with Beal. Beal being a little bit more aggressive and not being as passive as he as he had been um, you know, we saw that the other night in Washington. I think that kind of spurred him forward to really be who he really is, and that's like one of the best guards in the league. So I, I'm excited for the future. Uh, I, I am wondering what it lays ahead, especially today. Uh, I know Royce O'Neal has been talked about, but there are other players that could possibly be moved. And I think the the rumor right now is that what's being floated around is Nasir Little and a couple of of picks, uh, but. We'll see if he's on the roster or not today and and whoever else might be on the roster at the end of the day. I don't know if there's really a move on the fringes. And I would say Royce O'Neal is one of those guys that he's a good player, but I don't know if he really moves you into a different category altogether. Um, And I don't know if there's really a move out there, Eddie, that that will shore up any of the Suns weaknesses that they really do have right now.
1: Well, I think the the, the, the one area, obviously, uh, the fallback is to find a veteran uh, point guard. Uh, it's obvious that, you know, Goodwin and Lee aren't, you know, aren't getting the reps. Uh, just to have that security blanket of a, when teams press presses, uh when they try to extend their defense, that you have a guy that can just get the ball up quickly. Uh, get it up, get into the offense, give the ball up to one the victory, and then get out of the way and go spot up. I mean, that guy might be available in trade or he might be available on the buyout market. Yeah. And I think it's just a patient, you know, it's a patience game now that has to happen uh, with this. Obviously, the Suns are still going to be aggressive all the way up until 1 p.m. to see if they can get something done. Uh, and so, you know, since the Miles Bridges situation is gone, and I have no issue with that, with Miles Bridges. Would he have been, a, a, from a player standpoint, a tremendous pickup? Yes. You see what he's doing the last two games.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's
1: flat out scored. Uh, and he's about six foot six, but he plays like a power forward, and he can flat out shoot the ball. So, I mean, now I think people can understand why teams were trying to get him. Uh, he just left something out there on the table. I'm I'm still a little shocked that he decided to stay in that regard Uh, on a team that's definitely reshuffling, uh, a team that probably still has a question mark on whether they're going to extend him, sign him to a new deal. Uh, So to me, the easiest way is to get to a winning team and have a ton of success on that winning team and increase your value. It's hard to increase your value when you're on a losing team because people will just say, oh, he's just putting up numbers. Yeah. Can you do that on a win- in a winning environment? Um, yeah. And if he goes to a team, he's not going to be a 1A. Right? So he's going to have to be subservient on whatever team he goes to. Yeah. And so how is he going to play in that role? Because, yeah, on this team, Charlotte, right now, he's becoming a 1A, but that 1A is leading to losses every night. So that's what I would tell him. But uh, that's fine. Uh, you know, signs have to move on. Uh, and again, we don't know how terribly interested they were in him, because I guarantee you, if they would have thrown a good package at Charlotte, they would—they they, would have tried to push the issue, and I don't think they did.
0: Yeah, I don't think they did either. And listen, they're—they're they're limited. <laughs> in the first place they're limited uh, with you know they have four second round picks and and some and some players that um are not highly regarded around the league but they have some salary space that, to be able to acquire other individuals uh, cap wise and uh, you got to maximize that uh, uh, to the best of your abilities and i don't know if a package that was presented to charlotte if there was one uh would have been worth it in their eyes for for a tremendous basketball player you know the other stuff we can we've already talked about and discussed so um but moving along I, I I do want to say this. One year ago today, uh, at the trade deadline, we got one of the best players in NBA history in mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. Uh, right. What one year removed uh, from the trade? Uh, what has been your total assessment of Kevin Durant at this point? Uh, and, and you know, in in terms of just you know his contributions to the Phoenix Suns, what he's meant to the valley, and what he's meant to this team, and the aspirations that they have to win a championship.
1: Look, anytime you can go trade for one of the greatest players, and that's what he'll be uh, when he retires uh, in the history of this game, uh, probably, you know, could be at the top in regards to pure score. Uh, you know, I always say Michael Jordan is the greatest scorer that we've had in this game. Uh, his, relentless, his relentlessness puts him up there. But Kevin Durant might arguably be the most efficient uh Player other than a center, right, uh, that we've had in the history of this game. So why don't you go after him? You know, he's a guy that doesn't create a lot of issues around the team. He's very unselfish. So everybody tried to get him, uh, but he wanted to come to Phoenix. And that's that's why the deal worked. Uh, That's the place he wanted to be. And uh, other teams backed off because of that knowledge. And so great to have him. Yeah, unfortunate you gotta give up stuff, Mikael and Cam Johnson, without a doubt. But in order to get something, you gotta give something. Oh yeah. All right? You knew that. You knew that and you got married. You know? <laughs> you got her and you gave up the wallet. Hold <laughs> 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 you, know you gave hold you gave up the
0: wallet. Yep.
1: You couldn't go out late no more.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> you were more conscious of how you dressed. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't go two days without taking a shower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You got to give oh. up. Oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. the good things is you got your woman. <laughs> you, get a good, you get a good plate of food every night. You got somebody that loves you. So here's the trade-off.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I, well, listen, EJ, uh, I am the cook in the household, not her. Uh, well, yeah, I, I well, take care. Uh, you know, well, for, well
1: for, I can expand to some other things, but
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think uh, when I when I think about Kevin Durant's uh, contributions to the Phoenix Suns, I think. First of all, just another great player in, in franchise history, obviously. But more importantly, I think I think it's this has been an experience for Booker too, because he got to play with Chris Paul and now he's playing with Kevin Durant. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, I I don't think I don't know if Kevin Durant was Book's, you know, idol, if you will, but I do know that he he reveres he revered him. Uh, from a basketball perspective and, and just as a person. And so when that guy walks through the door, I'm sure there was a little bit of, you know, it, it felt a little surreal to book. And now you're playing with him. And not only that, but you're also coaching each other up about the things that you like and you don't like. And I think that's something that people overlook in terms of the chemistry issue, right? Like it's not just it's not just basketball in an in a, in a X's and O sense. It's feel. Uh, It's, it's the, uh, you know, the intangibles and and the small little things that go into uh, every, every game. And I I just, I've been really excited uh, probably for the first time since Kevin Durant got here in this, in this last stretch of games where it feels like you can start to see things clicking and, and I, it feels like, okay, this is what everybody expected at the beginning of the season. Now we're starting to see the glimpses of that, and that's kind of scary because they haven't maximized that at all. And I think Kevin Durant would even tell you, like, he's still filling out the process because there's been games where he's only shot, you know, 10, 11, 12 times. Uh, and I know in his history, he's he's usually shooting somewhere between 15, to 18 times a game. So he's not a, he's not a volume shooter. Uh, but he's so efficient that he's still going to drop 30 on 10 shots. You know what I mean? And so I think he's even been picking and choosing his spots uh, as to when to step up and when when to just kind of defer to everybody else. But I think his feel for the game was something that I did not expect to see at this level. I didn't expect him to facilitate at the level that he has been facilitating uh, from time to time. And I've been very impressed by that. You know, I've watched Kevin Durant a lot. I didn't watch him every game when he was at the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you know, we just – we have our own team to worry about. That's That's been a pleasant surprise to see him adjust from game to game to find out, you know, what's really going to benefit the team.
1: You know, he's just he's just a basketball player. You know, and as he said, I'll quote him, I'm a hooper. Yeah. That's it, man. Like, you know, people when, – when somebody says that, people don't understand. Like, I'm a hooper. Like – and they, and, they, and they look at it like, well, what does he mean by that? they all a the hoopers? No, not really. Not really. No. Mm. A Hooper is a guy that he just plays the game the right way. Like, he just plays it. It is nothing in the game when he plays it that reeks of selfishness, that reeks of anything being higher and more important than the W. Yeah. A Hooper is a guy that gets up every day and the first thing he thinks about is basketball. A Hooper is a guy that every day pays attention to his body. A Hooper is a guy that wants to see his teammates do well and not just himself. A Hooper is a guy that just shares the wealth of his knowledge and, and leads and 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 really encourages and and all for the good of what the W a lot of guys are not like that yeah so a lot of guys they're just all about themselves they're all about what they're getting you know and I I won't I hate to single out a guy but I I there's a number of guys I could single out but I'm only going to single him out because people have said this about him and he's had numerous coaches over the last couple of years and that's Trey Young like Trey Young can play the game of basketball. And it might look like he's very unselfish because he's going to pile up eight to nine or ten assists a game. But he just picked up a guy, Deontay Murray, who everybody thought probably could elevate to one of the best defenders in the game. You know he's a tremendous scorer. And for some reason, this bond has not worked. Yeah. So why is this bond not working? You know, because you look over here at Phoenix, uh, same scenario. Kevin Durant comes over and the bond works with he and Devin. Unfortunately for Kevin, it never got a chance to work in Brooklyn because of the injury history to Kyrie Irving. And then I think the not so subtle relationship between Harden and uh, Kyrie uh, at the end. So... You know, no. I mean, this guy was the perfect trade chip. I think it's paid dividends. Unfortunately, got injured when he first showed up last year. I thought that coughs the sun. Uh I really do uh, in regards to their, to their exit from the playoffs. But, you know, uh, it's going to pay dividends uh, this year. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. There's no clear runaway team in the West. It is just no. not. We, you saw that last night when the Pelicans – went into L.A. And, and and beat the Clippers. And pretty yep. much led the game from start to finish. Okay? Led the game from start to finish pretty much. I think the Clippers caught them one time in the 20s and they went up one or two. And after that, the Pelicans just controlled the game. And so it just shows you how good the Western
0: Conference is. Well, speaking of the Western Conference, Eddie, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder just got better um, because they have just uh, closing. They're closing in on a trade for Gordon Hayward uh, for from Charlotte. So um, they're they're trying to bolster their roster uh, to get ready for the playoffs. OKC okay, is so going to be a tough out for a lot of people. And uh, I said that at the beginning of the season. I said you know they were they were kind of uh, they were the team that I kind of had my eye on. And uh, th- sure enough, they're, they're one of the better teams in the, in the Western Conference. And they're a young team, And they, but they play, they play at a high level. And uh, they'll continue to uh, for the rest of the season, I'm sure. Uh, there's also more trade news, just in case you were wondering. Uh, this is another one. Uh, the 76ers are trading Daniel House and a 2024 second-round pick to the Knicks uh, via the Pistons. Or um, via the Knicks to the Pistons. So,
1: anyway. Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward, I, I love his game. I, I tell, I, you know, argue with my co-host from the NBA today, Sirius XM, 4 to 7, Eastern Time, every day. Check it out today. Uh, I argue with Justin Termini all the time about Gordon Hayward. I said he should have never left Utah. Like, sometimes, you know, you are in the perfect place for you. And let's just put it where it is. Utah's the perfect place for him. Like, he would own that city, own it. But he had a desire to go play with his ex-college coach, right? And, you know, he's been gone so long What's his name again.
0: Uh, man, uh, Stevens. <laughs> Stevens, 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 Stevens. Yeah, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, yeah. Who I
1: think was a good coach, very good coach. But you can tell he actually didn't have the, the heart to coach long term. You know, because he ran from his coaching job. And I tell people that. People don't like that I say it. But, hey, that's exactly what he did. And he had the good fortune to have a relationship to go to the front office. Most coaches don't have that. Yeah. If you're not coaching, you're done. Uh, and that's what you know, what Haywood wanted to do. And I said, man, stay in Utah, man. They're I know he was mad. They didn't pay him initially what he wanted. But he would eventually have gotten it. And he'd have been in a great environment. Uh, him on those teams with Rudy Gobert, uh, I thought, you know, in, in the way they developed over the years, with the teams that they had, I thought would have been really good. So what I'm saying is, if he's healthy, huge pickup, Oklahoma City.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean,
1: he fits what they do tremendously well. He can rebound the ball. He can pass the ball. He's unselfish. Uh, he is a problem if he's healthy. Problem for him is he's
0: never healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that uh that itis at some point. So uh, I, I I do think that uh, Larry Markkinen has taken that role very very well, and uh, you see what he's doing. Yeah, so I kind of really yeah. your yeah. point.
1: Yeah. And, they, and, and and the trade rumors out on him, But I'm like, are you crazy, yeah. Utah? Danny Ainge, look, uh, don't you dare! That dude is <laughs> ridiculous, man. Yeah. Yeah. We got to deal with him tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, trade
1: you- him, yeah. Trade him, trade him.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lowry's been uh, he's been phenomenal this season. One of the best players in the NBA, and and that nobody's really talking enough about. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, he's. Uh, I, and now, of course, I'm. I'm. You know, of course, I'm biased because you know he went to the University of Arizona. But you know, one thing I'm also biased about is OGs. Uh, so you can get yourself one of the 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 lovely edibles at OGs by going to OGsBrands.com. Find the closest dispensary to you. Go get yourself a little happy balance in your life go get a little rso to chill out uh maybe some indica or sativa uh lord knows uh being out here in vegas it has been uh it's been an experience and i you know eddie i think two or three days in vegas is about good enough for me unfortunately for me i i'm gonna be here for six days and uh that wallet's looking a little light uh <laughs> so uh Whoa, you know. you've been
1: gambling
0: uh, well actually i'm um eddie i'm up two hundred dollars so i'm no, nice. not, not, what table
1: like, you playing uh what table i mean you listen, playing man, what, two
0: dollar two dollar like blackjack I, I go to these budget tables over here man i ten dollar blackjack hands man i'm not i'm not a high roller like you i can't i don't no, go to I look, I look i don't play blackjack
1: i'm what, telling you what, what do they, you play? Look, man I, I retired from blackjack uh I, probably about 20 years, 25 years ago, I sat at a table with my good friend, Mike Woodson, a couple other NBA guys was sitting at this table. It's a uh, $50 table. Okay. I am telling you they're winning. I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's like nine people at the table, eight winning. I'm not. Like <laughs> I'm like, so I started, I started keeping count. And I, I, I kid you. I'm not, I'm not jiving anybody on this story. I am serious. Twenty five straight hands. I lost. Hold Damn. It. Hold it. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. I never got one blackjack in twenty five hands. Now come on, man. Like I, like I'd get it. i get an ace. Turn it over. It was another ace. <laughs> So I double down,
0: split them, a three and a two.
1: Or, uh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? It became a running joke. Like people were watching us play, and I was literally totally embarrassed. After the 25th hand, I freaking got up and I said, I'll never play this game again. Seriously. <laughs> And the only time I've ever played it since then is when the other half wants to play it. I'll sit down and I'll play five dollar, ten dollar. Mm. I won't play it, man. Yeah. So good for you that you won. Happy.
0: Some of you guys need to come out. Maybe we'll have a a special little event in the off season where maybe we do like a show live or something like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll have EJ tell you guys about uh his Carson City uh, gambling uh, stuff because that is uh, <laughs> I mean you talk about high rollers, hey. Hey Carson City, there's some high rollers in those casinos for sure. Yeah, so, really? uh, but uh, like I said, you can you can you won't be a high roller, but you can have a nice little little high on the, the on OGs by going to ogsbrands.com. Remember, you must be 21 or older to enjoy. You must be 21 and older as well and to enjoy uh, Four Peaks. And Four Peaks is one of our great sponsors. We love Four Peaks. Uh, they got the new crossover ale uh, with Bad Birdie. Check it out. Go to uh, fourpeaksbrew.com uh, to find the closest uh, you know, available uh, store to purchase Four Peaks. Uh, they got a lot of great bre- beers. The peach ales coming back into the season. You, they got the kill lifters. They got the staples. You know what they are. Uh, but Four Peaks is uh, phenomenal. And Eddie, they got a barbecue spot. They got a barbecue event coming up here in about a month or two mm. uh, that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, you might want to get your bib ready cause, uh, we're gonna go eat some ribs together at some point. Uh, anyway, uh, so book, you know, EJ, we talked about shoes before and you kind of like, you we were like, well, I don't get it. I don't understand the shoe, the shoe game, whatever. But you know, it's, it's a big deal to a lot of people. And the way this whole book shoe release has happened has been pretty awful. Uh, because the the original release was in Miami and it was only 500 shoes, and they tried to make this like this selective thing, uh, even to the point where Devin Booker wasn't really happy with the, how this has all been laid out. And Nike controls everything, obviously. Nike has a has a particular you know release idea, but this one just completely missed the mark. Well, fortunately, now things are going to change because on February 17th, you yourself can now get. The book chapter one, actually the the book ones, and it's it'll be the mirage, and here's a here's an image of the mirage. Um, EJ, when you look at these shoes, uh, these are supposed to be a crossover between um, hoop and shoes, but also a lifestyle shoe. And we've seen Devin Booker wear wear these on the court. Uh, have you seen them up close? Do you have a pair? What do you think about the book uh, book released uh, shoes?
1: I don't I don't have a pair. Uh, but I'm sure if I ask him for a pair, he'd to give me a pair. Uh, so I, I will get a pair. I will have, you know, one uh, of equipment yeah. manager grab me a pair of
0: them. You mean two pairs, right, Eddie? Two pairs?
1: Well, do you, know, you wear a 15? Uh, no, I don't. Oh. I mean, so if I tell him, give me a 15 and a, and a, and a three, <laughs> I see your feet.
0: <laughs> Listen, man, size 12, man. 12 is a normal size shoe, man. Come on now. And Jacob, I don't know if you're still on your phone, but you can pull the graphic down. It's been up for like two damn minutes.
1: He <laughs> goes, you, you, know, you, you got I didn't
0: know you had a little kid. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I've never been into shoes. Why not?
1: And I don't know, man.
0: You had yeah. listen. You played basketball with Gary Payton, who had one of my favorite shoes of all time. Uh, you've played with Charles Barkley in the in in the era where like his his shoe was like iconic. It was like right up there with the Jordans in that era. Like I, I, I wish
1: I, if I knew that I would have collected them, but I just I, I was just never in the shoe. I mm. just have to be honest. Like I mean. I would wear the same pair of shoes, to be quite honest, when I first started playing the NBA. I'm more I was more comfortable in worn shoes. Like okay. I hated the feel of new shoes. Mm. Uh, and the shoes they make today are a little bit different. Like they, they they almost get them to worn status when you get them now. Yeah. But back in the day, they were brand new, rigid, and I just didn't like them. I had to break them in. So honestly, I would probably change my shoes once every 15 games. These guys change their shoes every game. Like, they'll wear a new pair of shoes every game.
0: Yeah, I couldn't do that.
1: Wilson used to do that. And like, I'm like, dude, and that's why that's why I think Nike, I think he was Nike or Converse, that's why they let his butt go. <laughs> I couldn't like forget you, man. You know? So, yeah, I, I just, I had to wear shoes that were worn. So, on the court, my shoes didn't look that pretty. Like mm-hmm. I have scuff marks on them and all that. And that's fine. If you paying attention to my shoe game and not paying attention to my jumper game, <laughs> that's what I want, baby. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so there you go.
0: No, I mean, like, I, listen, if you're, if you're playing ball, man, you're going to get stepped on. Your shoes are going to get scuffed. Like I, I feel like I, I'm in the same way. I will say that when I, when I go to play basketball, um or in the past when i played basketball it wasn't like i was trying to switch my shoes out like once a month or anything like that Mm -hmm. like i know i had the same pair of shoes for just about a damn year and then i would switch them out because they got too worn out and that was it so uh you know i i i I completely agree with you but there is a lifestyle and there's a you know there's a culture of basketball uh, aficionados uh, basketball shoes shoe aficionados that that really do love these shoes and um there's been mixed reviews on some of the the colorways but uh, I do think this latest commercial that that book and Nike dropped um, kind of put it all in perspective. It was about family. It was about the the culture of basketball, how Devin was raised um, and all the little intricacies into his life um, and what basketball has meant to him over the course of his life uh, that have been tried to. To be encapsulated into each shoe uh and i think there's some there's some some uh, uh nods to kobe and some of the colorways that he had um you know obviously he has the orange shoe that's a sun shoe and i mean, it's just i just really like the, the thoughtful process that book had into trying to make this as close to a crossover shoe as possible there's not a lot of crossover shoes eddie if you don't know I'm going I'm to educate you a little bit, EJ, because I know you're not into the shoe game. But like the Jordan brand by itself is a good crossover shoe because you can wear it out. You can wear it on the court like right. and, and it's going to be respectable. People will look at your shoes and be like, "Oh, OK, he's put together. And now and nowadays, too, and especially in the last five to 10 years, it's become a little bit more uh, acceptable to wear a suit with some sneakers and go to go to work and people will look at you and they won't scoff and be like, why are you wearing tennis shoes or, you know, Air Force Ones with your, you know, your suit? Because it's it's kind of a normal thing now. So mm-hmm. I, I do like that. Um, but there hasn't been very many other crossover shoes that have been able to accomplish that. The the first one that I could ever remember are the Chucks. And I know you wore the Chucks because I, I know oh, yeah. you wore the Chucks because you were I mean, oh, yeah.
1: you're, you're not I was exactly young. Guy. I mean, I, you know, I was, first I was a pony guy.
0: Oh, pony. 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 Oh, yeah.
1: I was like, by the fact, I was making almost the same amount of money, well, a little bit less, wearing ponies than my contract.
0: Wow. Pony. I I could be sure about that brand.
1: Yeah. Ponies was nice. I like that. You know, and it it almost looked like a Nike swoosh, but the swoosh finished, right? It went (laughs) like this. Yeah. But I, I really loved them. But my favorite shoe, be quite honest, that I love to play in, that I couldn't always play in because, you know, sometimes you, you got to take the little money, right? Mm-hmm. So was Adidas. Yeah. And at that point in time when I was playing the league, Adidas, they didn't have contracts with guys in the NBA. They were making all their money over in Europe. They didn't care about being in the NBA. Obviously now they play a huge role in the NBA, but they, did, they didn't want to be in the NBA, and, but I would just wear the shoes. I didn't care. It's like, I want to wear these shoes. You know, they're comfortable. I play well in them. And, uh, you know, I shunned the, the little money that they were paying back then uh, just to wear uh, Adidas shoe.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Uh, Adidas made a shoe. It was a black and white shoe. And it was, it was kind of a, a replica of uh, the Larry Bird Converse mm-hmm. shoe. Um, and... I I wore those between my freshman and sophomore year the summer of my freshman and sophomore year. Eddie, I don't think I had a better summer of basketball than that summer of basketball because those shoes, every time I put them on, they just felt amazing. I felt like I could do whatever I needed to do on the court. They were soft, they were cushiony, but I also had a little bit of bounce. They didn't give away when I when I tried to cut. Like it was just it was my favorite shoe of all time. I can't I couldn't even tell you what they look like anymore. I can't find them anywhere. Um, so it's just it is what it is, but it, I, I I love I love that kind of thing. I, I love the thought that goes into these shoes, especially from these athletes that have been waiting their whole life to get their own shoe. Like that's a dream. That's like a, a checkbox, box, uh, a checklist that's been checked. So I, I love it. I yes, love it. Yes, you I,
1: can't, all so One thing you can't do is you can't like like it's certain dress shoes you can't wear. You remember when Earth shoes first came out. Earth shoes like it was on an angle. They were good-looking shoes. But everybody's feet did not fit in those right. Mm-hmm. And so guys would be wearing them things, man, and it'd, be, it'd mess their feet up. Mm. And so for me, it's like, you know, a lot of these guys trade their soul, you know, to and wear a shoe that actually does not feel good on their foot and on their feet. And so why would you do that? Because mm. your feet is the most important asset for you as a basketball player. So, why would you wear something that's uncomfortable?
0: Well, I'll, I'll, can I, can I answer that real quick? Because, oh. because it looks good. But also, Michael Jordan did the same thing in the last All Star game in the garden. He wanted to, to pay homage to, I guess, himself by wearing the original Jordan ones. Well,
1: he can get away mean, with
0: it. Yeah. But at halftime, he had to switch those bad boys out because he was bleeding in his shoes. Cause yeah. they don't, they're not the same as they used to be. It's
1: not the same, but it's also even even like shoes today. Like some guys' feet just doesn't fit well in Nikes. Mm. Like I'll be honest. I love the way Nikes look. I think they've changed it a little bit over the years. But I, every time I play, I never sprained my ankle playing basketball other than in Nikes. <clears throat> Nikes, every time. You know why? Because I'm flat-footed a little bit. I have to wear orthotics. And the Nikes at the time had like a little lift in the mm-hmm. heel where the foot goes down like this. And, you know, I'm a little, you know, slow footed and it just didn't, it didn't mix with me.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would turn my ankle, you know. And so now what am I going to do? Wear them just to, for the glory of a Nike? It looks good or it pan me. Well, I'm going to wear a shoe that actually feels good on my foot and I'm not worried about it when I'm playing the game. Yeah. So I think a lot of guys, you know, they try to, you know, they trade their soul to wear a shoe, like the guys that do the deals over in, you know, in Asia and stuff like that. I'm not knocking the shoes, I've never worn them. But I know for a fact they're getting paid a ton of money to wear these shoes. And I just wonder how comfortable those shoes are for them. You know, yeah. and so to me it's it's a dangerous game you can play with them.
0: Well, yeah the one of the shoes that has that slanted back in like you were talking about is the air maxes they still have that um i have a couple pairs of, of their maxes and, and and i'm just like that like I, I don't really like to wear them very much because i don't like that feeling of my heel being higher than the rest of my foot and I just it's uncomfortable so i totally get yeah. where you're coming from um all right eddie uh, before we wrap this up obviously super bowl sunday coming up wanted to see uh who are you taking who 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 do you uh, if you had to put your money on something who do you think you're putting your money on? Well,
1: look, I've always been an underdog, you know, and and I'm not talking about betting lines because they might not be an underdog. I haven't been paying attention to it. I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not on them betting apps, man. I I tried them things, man, just to test them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Never basketball, but just like different things, like. You know, uh, sports over in Europe and just see how it works. And no, no, no. You know, football, I've done some like some simple football stuff. Uh, I, I'm not good at that. I don't mess with it. I'm not good at it. Uh, but when I'm looking at both teams, uh, am I a little tired of Kansas City? Yeah. Did I spend five years of my life in Kansas City? Yeah. So I do have sort of like a, an allegiance to them sort of way, but not totally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But no, I'm going with San Francisco, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, you know, I'm tired. Of, I'm not tired of it. But the fun part is to see the look on Taylor Swift's face when they lose.
0: <laughs> why, why is Taylor Swift always catching strays by people, man? Why do people hate her so much? On like, on these telecasts. Like I mean, I'm not saying you hate her, but I'm definitely. just saying like... what
1: she's done is tremendous. She seems like a very nice young lady. Uh she's she's definitely blessed. Uh a lot of people in the music industry, but they tend to, you know, she's a magnet. And mm-hmm. and so good for her. No, I I think she's tremendous. I just like the root for the underdog. And I just don't want to see some love Cinderella story. Come to fruition, with, where uh, my boy uh, Kelsey drops to a knee in the middle of the football oh, no and says, "Baby, I just won the Super Bowl, oh my so God. now let me win the World Bowl. Cause if I get you, yeah, you know, I got. He need to talk to me. I can hook him up and get him right. Uh, but I can see that happen. Oh, I can see that happening without, oh my without man. I can man. I the internet would break. You know what? The problem for, for Kelsey and, and I, I met him at a party, believe it or not. The, the crazy story, seriously, is uh, my buddy used to give football Super Bowl parties all the time at his house. And it's just all our friends and stuff. And you've met some of them. And so we would always get together and you know we traded party houses over the years. I, my house used to be the party house until I moved to a smaller house. Uh, but he had a big house. Giant screen television. I mean, just nice movie room. You can put 50 people in there. I mean, just watching the game, all the food you can eat, everything, right? Mm-hmm. So what we would do is we get there early before the game, you know, and I'm DJing. So you just know that. See, I'm an invisible DJ.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All my music's right here. And no one knows that I'm jamming. So I'll bring two Bluetooth giant speakers. And boom, I'm jamming. And I'm just sitting over there. I'm on the dance floor. And they don't know who's doing, who's changing the music, who DJing. And they didn't know it for the first couple of times I did it. And, oh, trust me, I jam. <laughs> oh, trust me, I jam. I got, I got about two million songs on this thing. I jam. And uh, so next thing I know, I look over to my left. And it's just this tall dude, like, you know what I'm saying? White guy, black guy, because he, he's a little mixed, right? <laughs> so, you know, he mixed in with the crowd. And, come on, man. Look, we're at a party, man. It's like 98% African American in there, okay? But he <laughs> comes into the house, and he's in the middle of the floor, and he's about six, eight, six, nine. I'm like, okay, hey, hey hello. And then I look again, I'm like, that's freaking Kelsey. (laughs) And it blew me away. It blew everybody away once I told everybody, you know, who it was. And he came because he was dating a girl, Mm -hmm. and she knew my buddy, and she brought him to the party. But he fit right in. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, he knew everybody. Fit right in, had a great time, right? Yeah. So ever since then, I was a fan. I've been a fan of his. So it's hard for me to root against them. But, man, I, I just like to see, you know, I like to see them go ahead and just get their head Yeah. Everybody telling me the Bears made a mistake on not drafting the quarterback that they have. What's his
0: name? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, listen, the Cardinals are in the same boat. So they could have traded up to get him. They didn't. They held back and then uh, – you know, the rest is history. But listen, I, I'm I'm actually going, I'm going for the Chiefs because I can't stand the 49ers. I don't like the 49ers. And uh, listen, the Brock Purdy story is cool. Good for him. Local kid, Perry High School, right down the street from my house. Like I, I get it. I get why people really like him. That's fine. It's, it's a cute story, <clears throat> but I can't have Patrick Mahomes losing to Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. I just can't have that in my life. Because, man, Patrick Mahomes needs to dominate quarterbacks like that, man. That so not, win. He's going to. Okay, well, go win, man.
1: That's, that's oh, the beauty of me watching it. It's like, yeah. I know that this man is unreal. I know Patrick Mahomes is unreal. I know that. So, I'm, I, I used to root against Tom Brady. Now, when he won, I'm like, there you go. Man. Man's unreal, right? But I would root. And because I've always been the underdog. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never been on a team that was like, you know, they're supposed to win the title. Yeah. You know, and and people don't understand. That's all – 95% of the guys that play in sports, they're never on that team where it's like we're supposed to win. We walk into a building, we are that team, right? Now, if these guys were younger – Akeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, and Clyde Drexler, right, we were all in our prime and we were all on the same team, then I would have had that feeling. But at the end of my career, we were all on the same team, but they all, they all was telling us we're old. So it was, it was a little bit different, right? So yeah. I, that's why I'm rooting for San Francisco a little bit. I, I'm just tired of this whole dynamic of Kansas City. Plus, I got some co-workers that are Chiefs fans, so mm-hmm. I want to see the sad look on their face.
0: No, I feel you. I feel you. All yeah. right. Well, hey, uh, sad look on everybody else's faces in the chat because we're about to wrap this up. So uh, you know, that's another episode of outside shots. Uh shots. It's only because hey, people, let me let you all get on. Something. See, I'm
1: not gonna let him on the only reason he it up, man, I tired. can't
0: hear him. The music tired. is playing, so I can't even hear you. Tired. Hey,
1: I hear you tired. <laughs> He's tired. He wants to go I, to bed. He was up I, to 3, 4 this morning. I
0: got to go to work right now, man. I got to go to Radio Row right now. I got to shower yeah. change and go to Radio Row. Yeah, I got up okay. for you. Tell us why I got up so I didn't, didn't have to cancel on you. you so. going to abbreviate show today because of you. Well, I mean, 40 minutes is a pretty good show, I think. so. Anyway. I got to go to storage
1: right now and dig out stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Freddie Johnson, you can follow him at JumpShot8 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Saul underscore Bookman on Twitter and Instagram as well. And follow the show at PHNX underscore Suns. Follow the PHNX Suns show today because they're going to have a trade deadline uh, show talking about any of the moves that the Suns may or may not have uh, made and what the update will be. And, uh, and then obviously you can follow their pre uh, pregame and post-game show tonight. We appreciate y'all. Love. See y'all.